This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona, and soon to be New York. For boosted parlays to in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. And we're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Shermer, and if you hear me doing the ads in the intro, that means I'm doing a solo podcast. Uh, Boston Capper is currently tied up. It's his daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Boston Capper Jr. So, uh, you know, have a good 18th. Yeah, so he's tied up with that, but you got me tonight breaking down. Uh, I mean, the, the, right now, as I'm recording, the Sony Open isn't done. Uh, right now, Henley has a two-shot lead. Uh, it was five about three holes ago. Um, I have Henley. I bet him pre-tournament. I'm uh, a little nervous right now, considering I have some PTSD after what happened at the Wyndham. So this puppy's not over. Um, you know, I had I, overall, it's it's a okay week for me. Uh, I nailed a couple top tens, some top twenties. Uh, Webb Simpson really cost me though. We'll talk about him in a little bit. So, uh, but you know, listen, if if Henley uh, ends up bringing this home, it'll be a really good week. Uh, if not, then eh, I guess we move on to the Amex. So, uh, you know, before we uh, talk about a little bit, you know, a couple things with the Sony, uh, why don't we talk about WinBet? So are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. It's got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses, like you can bet $5, win $400 in free bets. That's a hell of a sign-up bonus, by the way. And you can win a V trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA. If you bet $20 on WinBet's build-your-own-bet feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience to the for the big game. You and three guests receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse. Two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. It's got great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? So sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com. All right. Why don't we do a, a, an abbreviated DFS own, uh, 
you know, report card. Uh, and obviously the tournament is not over. There are some guys still on the golf course. I, there's a couple guys I want to highlight. Mostly you just didn't really do well this week, right at the top here. And yeah, it, it's, it's concerning for different reasons. So, I mean, let's, let's first start with Webb Simpson. Uh, cost me a lot of money this week. Uh, he did cash a matchup for me over Cam Smith. Uh, that was great. Otherwise, uh, you know, getting a little cute and taking him top 20 at like minus 110. That didn't work out so well. Uh, DraftKings also offered me a um, an odds boost, basically cut odds in half. So I looked at Webb Simpson's top 40 odds, and I'm like, hey, why don't I make that minus 145? Well, <laughs> that didn't work. I thought that was free money. Uh, I probably should have taken that and put it on the Chiefs or the Bills or something. You know, that, that would have been a little smarter. But, you know, I want to stay on brand and put it on the web. So, I mean, looking at Webb's stats, like, he hit the ball like crap. He, he said before the week that, um, you know, he was feeling pretty good about his game. I guess, you know, I, he did hit the ball pretty well at um, the RSM. Felt like things were trending in the right direction. He was, you know, upset he missed the Ryder Cup. He wanted to make the President's Cup because it's in Quail Hollow. It's in his backyard, basically. And he looked bad this week. Uh, lost strokes off the tee. Lost strokes with the approach shots. Couldn't get anything really going with his putter. It's a bad performance. And this has kind of been a year for him where, you know, he was really good uh, in the COVID year. You know, he didn't, you know, a couple of years past, he won, um, he won the players, he won, uh, the waste management. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it hasn't really been going right for him. He might be, uh, you know, putting my, uh, you know, do not play list for a little bit. So unless his odds start, you know, come down, but like where you play web is like his web courses and his odds are never good. It's all the books. know. they're like, all right, I'm going to price web at like Harbor town or Wyndham or whatever at like under 20 to one. We're up there with the favorites because they want to protect themselves. And the other places, you don't really want to use them. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe Phoenix a couple weeks if he plays. Who knows? I don't think he's going over to play the bone saw. So, I think he's got a little bit of uh, integrity to not play that. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, another guy I want to talk about, uh, Cam Smith. Uh, he had uh, 22% ownership of the wing last week. Thank you, Cam Smith, for cashing uh uh, you know, an outright ticket for last week for him. One of the things I want to talk about, though, is I had a conversation with our uh, podcast buddy, uh, Jeff Nagel of uh, Nagel's Bagels uh, YouTube uh, show. And he postured on his show. He was wondering, well, what, what what was it about Cam Smith that he didn't know about? You know, why did he miss? And, you know, his big thing with that was the fact that Cam Smith led the field in strokes getting off the tee. Like, that's not Cam Smith's game. So I actually, I had an email that I sent him and I kind of explained like my rationale about like why I bet him like how, you know, I, I think, you know, Cam Smith is trending in a really good direction. I think he's becoming a really well-rounded player, but I didn't think him doing so well off the tee was really real. Like I think anybody with above average length that knows his way around the golf course, because the fairways are so wide, you can hit some speed slots. You know, I, I think anybody like that can lead the field and starts getting off the tee, but you know, he ended up, hitting the ball really well off the tee again it, at uh, at Wiley. I think he gained 1.4 strokes per round off the tee. Now, everything else is bad. Like, he couldn't putt. His irons are bad. So that's why he missed the cut. But, you know, maybe that maybe he really is better off the tee now. I know he put in some work after blowing it at the Northern Trust that he said he needed to be better off the tee. Now, a, a couple of things I noticed of him this week, though, he still has a huge miss like a backbreaking just like it, it's one thing to miss and it's another thing to miss like cam smith it's going like like 
20 yards offline. It just, as soon as he hits it, you know, hands off the club, just, it, it's really just, just a backbreaking tee shot. He, he needs to get rid of that if he really wants to say, okay, I fixed the driver. But, you know, otherwise, I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive that, you know, he ended up, you know, following up like a surprising performance off the tee of Cap Lou with a nice one here, even though it didn't really go well. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think I'm encouraged of him, Cam Smith, uh, you know, especially if he really has um, fixed it off the tee. You know, so we'll see. We'll see if he keeps up. And, and then Abe answer, you know, he got a little bit of steam uh, this week. I think just because people blindly bet him. I was one of the people who blindly bet him as well. And he was chugging along pretty good. On Friday, I think he was at the seven or eight under, and then he just had a horrific back nine. And he finished up at minus three. And just looking over his stats, I mean, he hit the ball fine. You know, he gained, you know, about a little less than a stroke T to green two rounds. That's not awful. Uh, you know, he lost one and a quarter, you know, putting. So I don't know. I mean, like, I, I was thinking that maybe we get a little better performance out of answer because, you know, Wiley is you know, kind of a golf course that might suit his game. Um, you know, it's shorter. He's accurate. You know, he's a good iron player. But it clearly didn't work this week because he missed the cut. Uh, you know, next week we're going to go to PJ West, which we'll talk about in a little bit. That's a tournament where I think he finished third a couple years ago. He's got a couple other good finishes there. You know, maybe this is an opportunity when you see that he actually hit the ball okay and he just putt pretty poorly. Maybe you just want to blind bet him again, you know, next week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think that's, that's all you can really do. But, uh, you know, we'll talk, we'll wrap this up tomorrow uh, once we have final results at the Sony in. I see Russell Henley is currently in the rough right now. I'm not too thrilled looking up my computer screen. I am going to distract myself from this uh, impending implosion that I think he's about to have. And uh, shift gears the American Express. So, uh, why don't we first go over the field first? Like, I, you know, usually with this tournament, um, it's pretty top heavy. You know, this is not one where a lot of guys put this on the calendar as one they need to play. Um, and it's, it's again the case this year, but there's two really good players right at the top. You know, the first one's John Rahm. He won here back in 2018. He played excellent at the Century Tournament Champions. He didn't really, he showed that, you know, he didn't really let down any momentum, you know, from his career year in 2021. So, hey, I mean, like, it's a really weak field. There's not a whole lot of guys that, you know, you know, can beat him uh, this week if he's playing well. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he can win again. And then the other guy's Patrick Cantley. If you guys remember last year, Cantley made uh, the cut on the number, and then he went 18 under uh, over the weekend at the stadium course to almost steal from, you know, Siwoo Kim, which I'm glad he didn't because we were all on Siwoo Kim to win last year. And that was a pretty nice uh, ticket of cash, uh, you know, last winter. But, uh, you know, he's in the field. He's playing great. He played a lot better at uh, Kapalua than I thought he would. But he tends to do really well on some of these overseas tracks. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the fact he finished, I think, run-up last year. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's Patrick Cantley. You can't discount him. But he's somebody who's done well at this place. I think, you know, he's, you know, he'll do fine this week. And then tomorrow, Nobles of the Field, I mentioned Abe Answer. You got Tony Finau. I think he's got a couple of top tens here. You got Taylor Gooch, who's been playing well lately. Sung J.M., who I think he was leading heading into last uh, the weekend last year, and he just he blew up over like four holes and took himself out of it. Uh, yeah, Phil Mickelson, who has won this a couple times. Patrick Reed, who won this back in like 2013, I think. Uh, you got Justin Rhodes. You got Sky Scheffler, still looking for his first win. You got Matthew Wolf, still looking for his first win since the 3M Open a couple years ago. And you got Will Zaltoris, who's still looking for his first win, too. So, you know, those are the main studs in the field, but, 
you know, overall kind of a weak field. It's going to be a little tricky for DFS and betting because, you know, there's just now a whole lot of guys in reliance. So um, why don't we take our break and then we'll start breaking down the golf courses. So we're also brought to you by tonight by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are finally here, and prop swappers are cashing in like Steve from Tennessee. Steve's are pretty smart people, you know. Well, he's a smart guy who last week sold his $250, 100-to-1 Patriots Super Bowl ticket for $2,500 on PropSwap. And let me tell you, as the ass-whooping the Patriots got last night, I'm sure he was really enjoying that, you know, getting out on that ticket. So he locked in a profit when he turned his $250 bet into $2,500. You know, the buyer got great odds, and the seller maintained 10 times his bet. But unfortunately, the buyer kind of got screwed. But that's what happens on prop swaps. It has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the, the free prop swap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot ticket sales for sale, uh, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. What a deal there. So join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports apps. All right, let's talk about the golf courses. So we are now in the midst of a tricky time in the schedule where three out of the next four events, I think that's right, um, are going to be held on a course rotation. So you're going to be getting guys playing different golf courses on different days. There's some golf courses that don't have shot link data. There's going to be a lot of holes, basically, round to round, trying to figure out, like, how guys did one day, you know, what how they did it. You know, it's going to make round matchups tricky, and it makes trying to handicap Two places this week, pretty tricky because we have no show screen data over Ireland. And a lot of times when people don't have stats, they tend to freak out. So I'll try and do my best to break down each golf course, try and tell you a little bit what works there, you know, what you should care about, what you shouldn't. So why don't we start with the big course? So last year, because of COVID, this event got altered. Um, usually they play three courses. Last year they only played two. They only play the Nicholas Tournament course and the stadium course because Thursday and Friday, and then everybody played the stadium course Saturday and Sunday, which made it actually a little easier for us gamblers because then we could kind of just focus on the stadium course, didn't really have to worry about the Nicholas because you know it's only one round. That's that's pretty immaterial. But now we're going back to the usual format of stadium, Nicholas, uh, La Quinta, all in a various series for each guy. And then everybody, play, everybody plays the stadium. So, you know, I mean, the stadium course is the only one strokes gain data. Um, so that's the only one you're going to be able to have there. Uh, Nicholas Tournament doesn't have strokes gain data. LaKinta doesn't. So, yeah, you're going to be kind of flying the line there. So as far as the stadium course goes, it was built in 1986 by Pete Dye. Uh, I forget who owned the place, but he basically wanted Pete Dye to create, like, the hardest golf course imaginable. And, you know, because Pete Dye is – famous for saying golf's not a fair game so why should i build a fair golf course he licked his chops and basically made a really hard golf course so hard that uh it got put into the bob hope classic rotation uh in 1987 here and the pros complained it was way too hard so they removed it from the tournament after one year and then they had a couple of redesigns um it kind of softened the place up a little bit didn't make it as penal as it was so you know the tournament came back in um in 2016 as the stadium course you know, of the three, it's the hardest of them all. Uh, it's a traditional peak die. 
And they basically wanted to create essentially TPC Sawgrass West with this thing, basically a sequel to it. And, you know, there's a lot of similarities and template holes that you can basically kind of say, okay, like I've seen this whole Sawgrass. So like, you know, one example is um, the fifth hole at Sawgrass and the ninth hole at the stadium course. So uh, the fifth hole is basically a longer version of the ninth here. Um, you know, basically they're, you know, two dog leg right holes. They got an elongated bunker down the right with a water hazard, you know, next to that. Um, and then it's got, you know, at, at Sawgrass, it's got a big bunker to the right there. At uh, Stadium Course, it's got a long bunker to the right. It's got a couple of back bunkers to make it a little more difficult there, too. Uh, the green is angled about 2 o'clock off the fairway there. It's from overhead. It, it looks very similar. Uh, another kind of template hole that, you know, Pete ended up borrowing from Sawgrass was uh, the 10th of Sawgrass versus the 12th of the Stadium Course. Um, the 12th of the Stadium Course is a lot shorter than the one in the 10th, but it's basically the same hole. You got longer bunkers down the left side can't drive it you have basically a hard dog leg left once the ball runs out to the end of the fairway there uh players have to use less than driver in order you know set up like you know a short approach yeah i mean like and, and like you know most of dies like you know designs are basically like in that style where you kind of have to play positional golf you know you can't really overpower the place you got to put it in the right areas so Oh, God, that was a big par putt by Henley. I'm sorry, I just interrupted myself. God, that was fucking huge. Let's go. All right, back to the golf courses. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, so if, if you look at my article, you can see both these holes. They look pretty much the same. There's a lot of, like, holes that look like that. Like, the 18th is essentially um, at the same course, basically the same hole as at Sawgrass. And then the most blatant ripoff <laughs> of all of them is the 17th at, it's basically the 17th each place. Um, it's mirror images of each other. It's just like 150, 160 yard par three to an Island green with a small front side bunker. It's the same hole. And I, I think that's kind of why, like, I'm kind of uninspired <laughs> to watch this place. It's, it's kind of like, it's the Disneyland. It's like, it's like an imitation of the real thing, or it's like the RC Cola to like Sawgrass's classic Coke. Uh, it also doesn't help that when they play it this time of year, you know, most it just looks like there's large swaths of just dormant brown Bermuda. So while the fairways are overseed and the greens are overseed with Poet Trivialis to make it look green and playable, there are golf course that lets the rough go dormant. And some people like looking at that. I think it looks terrible on television, especially coming off of Hawaii. Like, you know, I mean, I'm looking right now at the ocean on uh, somebody playing the 17th here. And it just, it's beautiful. It's great. And here it just, blah. It just doesn't look good. Um, you know, it also, depending on the time of year, if the term's been a little warmer in uh, Palm Springs, uh, you might get some Bermuda actually coming back out of dormancy. So then you have this, like, weird mix of dormant brown Bermuda and, like, some green patches. It just looks bad. I, I don't know. I, I never really enjoy watching this thing on TV just because, I mean, it's – it is what it is. Um, there's also another like notable feature about the stadium course is it's got that ridiculous canyon bunker off the 16th green. It's like I think like 40 feet from the bottom to the top. Like you can look on YouTube of guys just <laughs> you know taking three or four shots out of it. I I posted a video of you know basically highlights of uh, guys trying to get out of that bunker or sliding down. You're gonna see a lot of that. It's, that's that's catnip this week of guys sliding down that bunker. Um, so that, that's basically it for the, like, you know, the overview. And then 
There's the Nicholas Tournament course, which is on the same property of the stadium course. They're both at PGA West. The the Nicholas Tournament course is a lot more forgiving. It's a lot more right in front of you. It's a little wider fairways. And the greens are still kind of small. But, um, you know, overall, it plays a lot easier. It's not really a whole lot of tricks to it. Um, you know, there's a, there's some water hazards that kind of, you know, can, you know, you can have a blow up hole there, but overall it's, it's not all that tough. It's definitely, it's typical course you've seen like Florida or the Southwest. It's got, you know, cut, it's got houses lining each fairway. It's, you know, I mean, it still has the moguls and the, the humps and bumps down each fairway that kind of are similar to what the stadium course is. That's a very popular Pete Dye design, but this, this is designed by Nicholas. It's kind of is more of his style. Um, we'll talk about a little bit there, you know, about how guys play and like how they, you know, what types of guys do well there. And then the last one's La Quinta. Um, that's the third golf course in rotation where he makes his return to the tournament since for the first time since 2020. It's the oldest of the three golf courses. It's also the one that's it's off the property of PJ West. So guys have to take like a shuttle up there. Um, the sight lines are a lot tighter. It's a little more uh, tree lined, but I mean, this place is just one where you just hit driver everywhere, pretty much. Um, the rough isn't all that penal. These guys can really carry the bunkers. They can carry over a lot of trees and dog legs to really shorten up the place. Like th this is the easiest of all the golf courses in this rotation. If if you want to contend at this tournament on Sunday, like you gotta take advantage of this place. There's a lot of birdies, you know, other than a couple water hazards, which aren't really they're only really in play unless you really miss. Uh, this is something where you really, you know, definitely need to, you know, go low here if you want to win. So, all right, let's take another break. Let's talk about Better Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on Better Fantasy app. So download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because when you win awesome prizes, they even raise some money for charity along the way, too. Listen, we love charity bets in this on this program, and uh, that's a really great thing that Better Fantasy does. You know, it's, it's also totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. So download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. All right, let's talk about some betting strategies this week. Well, as I kind of mentioned earlier, this is a difficult one to handicap. First, you know, there's three golf courses. So you're going to be going, you know, one or the other. There's not strokes gain on all the courses. Like trying to do round around matchups is going to be very difficult because you're going to see guys coming off of La Quinta and you're not going to know how they basically score. You're just going to see the raw score. So you might have to just go by, you know, price shopping, whether guys are undervalued, overvalued. Whatever, but I don't like doing that. I like usually seeing like a round matchup of seeing like, okay, this guy gained a bazillion strokes putting. He's not going to do that. I like to fade that. So I don't love it. I think you should be really careful doing round matchups this week. Um, another issue with this golf course is that the winner typically is in the low 20s under par. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of concerned to a putting contest. Um, you know, the Nicholas tournament course is pretty easy. It's fairly easy. The Lakenta is really easy. And, you know, the stain course is challenging, especially if you don't have your A game, but it's not impossible. Um, you know, last year, Patrick Cantley shot a 61 in the final round. And see what Kim shot a 64 to hold on to the win. Like, there's low scores that are definitely available at the stain course if you're if the weather cooperates, which I'll have to look at the forecast to see if it will. And you're just playing well. 
So this guys are going to go really low. It's going to come down to how many Shino. Like putchy hits. It's it's not going to be easy, especially and especially when you have, let's face it, a pretty weak field. Um, you know, outside the top like echelon, maybe ten percent of players. Like it it gets ugly quick, and there's not a whole lot you can really grab on to really trust. So, um, but I think the biggest challenge this week is I already made mention that there's three golf courses. Uh, how you basically get around at each place is pretty different. So I, you know, as a big proponent of uh, data golf, uh, they have relative skill set charts. So basically, you know, how top guys in each place, you know, what are their basically, you know, similar attributes. So sort of the same course and big disparity on an advantage of driving distance and around the green game. Now, the driving distance doesn't mean that everybody's just well away with driver. It's a lesson driver golf course. I think that what that means is guys who, you know, can hit like a, you know, three wood or like a hybrid or an iron farther out there can set up a, you know, a shorter approach shot. I think they have a little more advantage. Um, the around the green game. I mean, I, I don't totally know the, the rationale behind it. It might be just because the, the rough around the greens are pretty dormant. So it's a little easier to chip off of. In that case, if it's kind of easier to chip off from everybody, maybe the better scramblers can take advantage of it better. That might be the case. Uh, it seems like there's not really a whole lot of correlation to guys who do well who are good putters and bad putters. Seems like a little bit of a mix. Um, iron play isn't all that important, which I don't know how they really come to that with this, but whatever. That's what the chart says. You can go look in the article. Uh, and accuracy is not that important either. So probably just because a lot of guys are clubbing down off the tee. Um, if you go to the Nicholas tournament course, though, there's a lot more skill sets that generally seems like it favors. Like, uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like how the Muirfield Village um, plot is, where you gotta have a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. You gotta have really good iron play. You gotta be able to putt well. Um, you know that that reminds me of basically what works well in Muirfield Village, which is a Nicholas tournament, uh, Nicholas golf course. This is also a Nicholas course, so you know that's there's a little more skill sets you can kind of look for there. And then at La Quinta. Seems like that shorter hitters um, didn't generally do well there. If uh, or, or it's not prerequisite to, you know, basically have length there. But you had a really good irons, really good around the green game, really good putting. I think that's just easy to explain because this is a um, this is a golf course that yields a lot of birdies. Got hit your irons good. Got to be able to, you know, save strokes around the green by scrambling. And you got to be able to putt. So... You know, basically combine all those, and it seems like everything's important in this tournament. So that's not really helpful. Uh, I guess one thing you can do is just try and target players with, or generally have a couple of good things about their game. Maybe nothing perfect. Um, I guess a couple other things you can look at too is the overseed. So don't, and I say this every year, don't fall into the trap that while Eight months of the year, this is a Bermuda golf course, and there is Bermuda rough. It's dormant, but it's Bermuda. Um, what you really need to focus on is the overseed. And uh, the greens are overseed with Poet Trivialis. I mean, it's going to roll a little differently than traditional Bermuda greens would. Uh, rolls a little slow in the sip meter, too. It's going to roll about 11. Um, so I guess, you know, if, if you want to look at, you know, putting stats on overseeded places, there's, there's some golf courses, actually more than you would think, that are overseeded when they play it. You know, at least for the PJ Tour. So TBC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open, that's that's the one I think everyone goes to as far as the overseed. Um, that's overseed every single year. That's one to look at, you know, basically guys who putt well there. Um, Innisbrook for the Valsport, that's hit or miss. 
Um, I know last year, because I played it a um, little later in the year, that it was mostly Bermuda. But typically when it's played in like early April, early March, mid-March, it's still overseas. It's not warm enough in Tampa to sustain like, you know, healthy Bermuda growth. So that's usually overseas. I think you should you can just use like all their courses for that. Uh, Harbortown usually is also overseas, except for the COVID year 2021. That was played in June, so it was all Bermuda. Um, usually, though, it's overseeded. So that's another one to use. Uh, TBC Sawgrass post-2019. When it was played in May, it was Bermuda. When they moved to the March, it's overseas. It's northern Jacksonville, so uh, or it's north Florida. Florida. So, I mean, you'll have to make sure if you want to use that um, th- those putting stats from those tournaments, you're gonna have to basically filter everything before 2019 out, or everything 2018 before out, and then only use anything 2019 and 2021. And then TBC San Antonio, um, anytime it's before the Masters, it's Overseeded. I think anytime, like it's like even like in late April, it's usually overseas. So that's that's another one where you can look at those. But um, you know, basically, moral of the story: don't just look at Bermuda because it's not going to be Bermuda. It's basically a different grass type this week. Uh, it's an, it's really important to make sure if you if you're someone that likes using the putting stats, use those five co- courses along with the stadium course. You'll be able to see, you know, how well these guys putt on overseed. Um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, because there's no shot link data, um, one of the things I like using is the approach shot distribution chart. There's nothing available for Nicholas Tournament course in La Quinta. Uh, they do have one available for the stadium course. Basically, most years, uh, you're going to get a combination of, you know, about 50% of your shots are going to come between 125 and 200 with a heavier concentration um, about, um, you know, between 150 and 175. You have you know, about 25% of shots come from under 125, and about 25% of shots come from over 200. So, um, you know, having good um, you know, performance in your pro shots from over 200 is good because you got to take advantage of the par fives in the stadium course. You know, sometimes birdies can be hard to come by there. You got to be able to take advantage of them. Um, most of the par three or two of the par threes are about like 175, 180 yards. The 17th is about 150, and then another one's about 200 yards. Um, but the par fours is really where this matters. So in 2021, the par fours average about 420 yards in length. Four of them are under 400 yards, but none of them are drivable. All of them are where you need to play positional golf, you know, lay back off the tee based on where, you know, like the fairway pinches or where dog legs. Like, it's it, you can't drive it, or other, otherwise you're going to end up in – a weird bunker with like a weird stand. It's it's there's no benefit. You're better off just laying back and you know hitting them with a wedge or something. Um, you know, and even some of the ones that are a little longer, you know, even skies are still hanging back off the tee, you know, because you know, Pete Dye kind of commands you to play, you know, basically his style of golf. You know, you can't really overpower the place. Uh, you got to put in the right place, you got to plot around. And yeah, I mean, a lot of times you're hitting less than driver off the team. So yeah, I mean, a lot of guys are going to have like a lot of like, you know, you're going to hit like a lot of seven, eight, nine irons, maybe pitching wedges, a lot of greens. Then you have a lot of longer approach shots. And then, you know, on the ones that are, you know, under 400 yards, you might have like a sandwich too. And then the last thing, like here's some top five guys for each course. Um, 
you know, as far as like career strokes gain. So at the same course, number one's Patrick Cantlay. He's gained about 3.6 strokes in over five rounds. Number two, Sebo Kim. Three is Patrick Reed. Number four is Andrew Putner. Number five is John Rahm. Uh, at the PGA West Nicholas Tournament, you got Tony Fina leads the way. Uh, you got Russell Knox second. You got Brendan Steele third. Gary Wooden fourth. And Taylor Grooch fifth. And then Lakinta, you got Harry Higgs first. Scotty Shuffler second. Dylan Fratelli third. Anir Bondler-Hiri fourth. And Adam Svensson fifth. Um, you know, so there's no crossover as far as the top five with everybody else. Also, you'll notice if you look at my article, there's only like, like the most rounds anybody of this list has played was Andrew Putnam has played the same course nine times, which is not a lot. So, I mean, the Lakenta stats, it's one round. I would take course history with a big grain of salt this week. Uh, I would focus more on some of the skill sets I talked about, you know, as far as like where guys are hitting their irons, like, you know, try and match up. You know, try and get, like, just quality players, good players. And I know that's going to be hard to come by in this field. I know it's easier said than done. But, you know, I mean, maybe this is a tournament where you kind of scale back a little bit of your bets because this is one where with a lot of blind spots as far as the data, you know, a pretty weak field, you know, you might be able to get in trouble, you know, quick. So, you know, maybe scale back a little bit this week, you know, you know, maybe pare down the card. You know, we'll see. But uh, I'll have a better idea tomorrow about, you know, once the odds come out, once I digest some DFS, you know, kind of see where, you know, my head's at. Let's take one more break. Uh, let's talk about SoBet. So since when did sportsmen become so rigid? Sportsmen are meant to be social. So when I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around and speak easy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is, in sh- is, is changing the game with a new product. So head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access the demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. So next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off of Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of sports betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today and join the revolution. And lastly, the SGPN app is live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. So don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, that's it. Uh, as I am closing the show, Henley is still up two. He just put one in the fairway. Uh, I've been probably going to puke after this because I am not confident that he's going to hang on. I really hope he does. Um, but we will see. I will give you the full report tomorrow. And if he does, and if this tournament turned out to be okay for me or if it turned out to be really good. So we'll see. Uh, Boston Cavalry will be back with me tomorrow. We'll go over DFS and we'll go over our outrights that we placed. So yeah, uh, enjoy your night and uh, yeah, see you tomorrow. 